With the Fugitive plugin, you're not limited to just working with files in your working tree. The gedit command allows you to open files in other branches and to browse any Git object, including tags, commits, and trees. Plus, if your repository is hosted on GitHub, then you can easily bring up the web page for any Git object using the gbrowse command. Hashrocket uses Vim to write their cutting-edge, fully-tested, agile web applications. They're looking for developers that can keep up, and apprentices that are ready to learn. Interested in coding Ruby with a view of the Atlantic Ocean out your window? Visit hashrocket.com jobs and apply now. EngineYard's AppCloud is an ideal platform to deploy your Rails app. Whether you have a smaller scale, single instance web app, or a larger production app requiring multiple instances, AppCloud is the scalable platform Ruby developers love. Take AppCloud for a spin with a risk-free trial. Go to engineyard.com to learn more. Suppose that you're working on a file in one Git branch, and you want to refer to the same file in some other branch of the same repository. What are you going to do? With Fugitive, you can use the gedit command to open a file from any branch in a read-only buffer. The branch that I'm currently on has an outdated version of the gem file, but I know that the gem file on the master branch is up to date. The general format for reading a file from another branch goes gedit branch name colon path to file. So in this case, I can get what I want by running gedit master colon gem file. Note that I can use autocompletion both for the branch name and for the file path. And there we have it, the gem file from the master branch. When you read a file from another branch in this fashion, it is opened in a read-only buffer. If you wanted to make changes to this file, then you would first have to switch to that branch. There are variations on gedit that allow you to open the specified file in a split, vertical split, tab, or preview window. If you run any of these commands with no arguments, they will open the working tree version of the current file. The gedit command allows you to open a buffer containing any git object. There are four kinds of git object. Blobs correspond to the content of a file. Trees correspond to a directory on the file system, representing a list of blobs and trees. Commits can reference a tree and one or more parent commits. And tags refer to a particular commit by name. Every git object is identified by a SHA identifier. When you run gedit with a SHA ID, it will open a buffer containing a textual representation of the corresponding git object. To demonstrate, let's run git log in the terminal here. This outputs a list of commit objects in chronological order. Now, if I copy the SHA ID for any particular commit, I can switch back to Vim and run the gedit command, pasting the SHA ID from the clipboard. This opens a buffer containing an overview of the corresponding commit. You can get the same overview at the command line by running git show with the SHA. But when you view a git object like this in Vim, Fugitive makes the experience much more interactive. If I place my cursor anywhere on the line referencing the parent commit and press enter, it opens a new buffer containing that commit object. I could keep doing this indefinitely, traveling back through the timeline of commits. But it's not just commit objects that can be explored in this fashion. 
Watch what happens if I leave the cursor on the line referencing the tree for a particular commit and press the Enter key. Fugitive opens a buffer with a textual representation of that tree. Again, I could inspect this tree object at the command line by running git show with the SHA. But when the git show command is provided with the SHA ID for a tree, the output is not very informative. It shows the names of the blobs and trees contained in that SHA. But if you wanted to know more about these items, you would have to find out their SHA ID. You can get more information about the items in a tree by running the command git ls tree with the SHA code. When you inspect a tree object using Fugitive, you can press the A key to toggle the display between the git ls tree and the git show style listing. If you wanted to inspect the contents of a blob at the command line, you could run git show with the SHA code. But mucking around with SHA identifiers is a bit of a faff. Now watch this. When you inspect a git tree object using Fugitive, each of the blobs and files within the tree can be inspected just by placing your cursor on it and pressing Enter. This makes it really easy to explore what your project looked like at the time of a particular commit. Having started with a commit object, I've drilled down through several trees and subtrees, and now I'm looking at the contents of a git blob. If I wanted to move back up to look at the parent tree, I could do so by running edit percent colon h. I've created a mapping for this so that I can trigger it more easily. Check the show notes for this episode for more details. Note that if your current buffer contains a git tree or blob, you can always jump to the commit object for the current tree by pressing shift c. There's one more thing I want to show you. When we've got a commit object inside of a buffer, we get a summary of the patches for each file touched by that commit. Now, watch what happens if I place my cursor on the diff line and press the enter key. Bang. We get a vimdiff split view. The buffer on the left always represents an older state than the buffer on the right. In this case, the left window represents how the file looked before this commit, and the window on the right represents how the file looked after the commit. It's easy to get disoriented when you're exploring the history of your Git repository in this way. It's useful to remember that when you're editing a fugitive buffer, running the command gedit with no arguments takes you back to the working tree version of the currently active file. The gbrowse command lets you inspect the current object on GitHub. The command is pretty smart about doing the right thing depending on the context. Here, I'm editing a file on the master branch, and when I run gbrowse, it opens the corresponding URL. Now, if I switch to another branch, and run the command again, it opens the URL for the current file on my new branch. Check this out. If I make a visual selection, then run the gbrowse command, then the URL will include an anchor for the specified lines, and GitHub will automatically highlight them. But it doesn't just work for files. Let's open up the parent of the last commit by running gedit head caret. That opens a new buffer containing the commit object. Now, if I run gbrowse from here, it opens up the URL for that commit object on GitHub. And watch what happens if I open up the tree for the current commit, then drill down through a couple more trees. 
When I run gbrowse, it opens the URL for the current tree on GitHub. Naturally, if your repository isn't hosted on GitHub, then the gbrowse command won't be able to generate a GitHub URL for it. If this is the case, then Fugitive will attempt to open the current object using git instaweb. Each time you open a git object using Fugitive, it creates a new buffer. This means that your buffer listing can quickly become swamped with Fugitive buffers. Here's an auto command that prevents this from becoming an issue. I'll add that to my .vimrc file, then restart vim. Now I can browse through my commit history, and each time I leave a Fugitive buffer, it will be deleted automatically. Note that my buffer list only shows the Fugitive buffer that is currently active. Fugitive provides a function that you can add to your status line, and it will show your current git branch. The Fugitive documentation provides an example, which I'm just going to paste into my .vimrc file. Now, when I open any file from a git repository, the branch name is included in the status line. The information in this video is summarized in the accompanying show notes. If you have any questions, requests, or recommendations, or if you would be interested in sponsoring Vimcasts, then you can contact me at drew at vimcasts.org. Vimcasts is supported by Xerium Networks. If you need to build a reliable, scalable network that can support your growing business needs, then get in touch with Xerium Networks, and be sure to say you heard about them here.